Welcome to Shades and Coffee, the almost weekly look good, feel good podcast presented by me, Vivian Braidwood. My guest today is an entrepreneur, business mentor, published author and international speaker. She sits on the board of Arise Consult, a leading global business development firm. She's also the founder and CEO of Painless Universal, an organisation which focuses on dealing with the emotional, physical and mental aspects of pain. Last year, she published her book, Painless, which was born of her determination to raise awareness about the impact that invisible diseases can have on individuals and their families. As a sickle cell sufferer herself, she's all too aware of the difficulties caused by life-threatening illnesses. So by writing this book, she's given a roadmap for others to improve their mental and physical well-being and towards achieving a joyful and fulfilling life. She's a very busy lady and there's so much I want to ask her and so little time. So let's jump straight in with the delightful Lady Anne Welsh. Now, outside of the medical profession, I've never come across any organisation that focuses on pain in all its many forms in a way that's so readily accessible, comforting and most incredibly joyous. Your goal is to help more people live a life where they can find their joy no matter what they're going through. So what inspired you to set up Painless Universal and what's the response been like? Honestly, what inspired me was just sheer pain. And when I look at pain, I don't look at pain, just my chronic illness pain. I look at other things that I've had pain from. I've had the chronic illness pain. I've had trust pain, trust with people, business partners. For me, that was really intense pain when you have a business partners and it doesn't go well. And that causes immense anxiety. I used to think my pain was just sickle cell pain, that when this happened, I realized there were just all sorts of pain. And so with my book, which is called Painless, because I realized it was just not we really sickle cell patient that was suffering. There were so many people around the world with chronic illness, without chronic illness, with whatever they were going through health-wise. They were just also suffering. That really led me on that path of creating this company called Painless Universal. And the response has been unbelievable, overwhelming, and people being, wow, taken aback and surprised by who is this bold girl who's just out there just talking about pain. And also the way I've navigated and broken pain down into different kinds of pain, divorce pain, emotional pain, government pain, country pain. Community pain, people are like, wow, we've never seen pain that way. So it's been been really amazing. I've been really blown away by the amount of response I've got and the amount of people also wanted to talk to me about their own pain and how they found joy along the way. I had never thought of it that way. I think because in my own family, in my own life, I've experienced different kinds of pain. I have a, a brother who's physically disabled, cerebral palsy my sister who has autism and I see that pain I see the pain of my parents I've had my own pain in my own life uh, physical pain from injury I'll share with you that I, I've had an unsuccessful IVF for the last sort of five years and what tends to happen people go into their silos and look for organizations that deal specifically with their pain so I do think it's fantastic that you've put pain into this universal category so that anybody experiencing any kind of pain they don't feel that their pain is somehow less or diminished and there's a source they can go to to talk about their pain and to learn more and find this this cycle back to joy it's wonderful 
Yeah, because even when you talk about IVF, know, many many women go through it and they don't realize that's the pain they're going through. That affects you emotionally, affects you physically, so it affects you mentally because you always think to yourself, would I ever become, would I ever be? That's a, still a mental thing. And someone going through chronic pain is also going through some struggle, would I ever be? We're always, always asking the same question when we're in pain is, would I ever be able to be that? Would I ever be able to meet my full potential? Would I be able to get out of this pain? So that's why I said, we don't need to separate all of us and put us in different categories. We all need to come together, talk about it. The goal is always the same. You want to find joy at the end of it. It's that process of finding the joy that is so important. Is acceptance a part of that? Because five years on, our IVF story it's not going to happen. <laughs> so they say, you may not realize this, but you're now going to suffer more pain because you've come to the end of that journey and grief is going to hit you next. And acceptance is a big word for, instead of fighting what is, it doesn't mean that you don't take action to alleviate, to make better, to improve, but it means you're, you're not like fighting against, trying to hold back the tide. Acceptance is definitely key. I mean, it comes to a point in your life where you have to realize that this chronic illness, for example, is part of me. And it's either I marry this in and we become best friends. And and that's, for me, that is acceptance. Because when my sickle cell was very awful to me, when I used to be sick a lot, I used to think to myself, my me, why do I have to deal with this absolute nuisance in my life? you have to learn to accept that this thing, you know, is your problem child. When you learn to accept it, you learn to live with it. You might take um, your sister, for example. She's autistic. Her behaviors won't go away. But what would be so fun and what would be so enjoyable is when you learn to live with her good and her bad. And even you're not angry about it. You're not thinking, oh gosh, there she goes again. When you learn to accept that, okay, this is what it will be, you start finding joy in what isn't. You start setting back and appreciating the smaller things which you've neglected along the way. And that small things tend to lead to bigger joy. And you wonder, how did I miss that? I was so focused on just being sick. I forgot about the other things. I forgot about the effort my family members were putting into me to be a better person. I just neglected them. I didn't care for my mom. It's just one day tables were turned and my mom was in hospital because she just got back from Nigeria. I think she had a bit of malaria. And she fell down. It was when my son was just born. And I realized that that sometimes, even when you're sick, it's actually a better place to be than being the carer because the carer has so much burden and just seeing this person suffering. So it's just acceptance and accepting that what it is and let it be. Well, you touched on something I was going to ask, actually. And um, what about people who are impacted by the pain of others? Because they're very often overlooked. So, you know, carers is a, is a given. Adopted children who are physically, emotionally abused, their parents will have a, a lifetime of dealing with that. Um, siblings, obviously, when you were younger and you were going through what you were going through, if you had siblings, there would be some impact there. Because often they feel they don't have a voice. You hear this very often. Because they see so-and-so who's clearly disabled or suffering or in and out of hospital and they see their parents struggling to deal with that. And sometimes they get overlooked because the attention goes to the person who's sickest. Yeah, I, I think that's a crucial one, the carer's pain. And that's something that we really look into because I've seen my parents, I've seen my sisters, I've seen my own husband as well. I 
seen their pain. I've seen it on their face. But what I've realized with my family is that they've been able to sit back and realize the importance of still achieving. My mom has utilized her pain by keep doing what she loves, which is she loves teaching. So she's channeled her pain towards her job. So I think with carers, you need to find a way to channel this, like even my sisters as well. They utilize me as that bridge to go get things that they're going to get. That channeled it. So rather than we all lived in, in regret and upset and hatefulness that, oh gosh, she's getting everything, she's getting all the attention. They joined me and became part of the attention. Then I realized that it's all about incorporating people. Because when you breed jealousy, you breed hate. Well, it's what you said earlier. If you're not looking for the joy, you might be looking for those other negative things, the jealousy, the yeah. misery, the blame. And you mentioned individuals, corporations, and you mentioned countries. By corporate, firstly, do you mean health professionals or do you mean organisations have something to learn from this in terms of how they manage their people? I mean, with organisations, they definitely do have something to learn in terms of how they manage their people. Also on the HR side, but also... Um, when someone is a CEO, on how to be a better CEO. A CEO is always direct. They know what they want. But at the same time, especially with now with COVID, the world has proven to us we still need a little bit of compassion. We still need a little bit of love. We still need a little bit of understanding. When you bring out the best in the person, and when I had bosses that brought out the best in me, I gave my best. I was even excited about coming into work because I realized there's a boss here that is so supportive of me and it's cheering me on. It doesn't matter how many days off I took, but this boss was always cheering me on. I said, don't worry, you can do it, Anne. And that gave me that motivation, plus the drive. With chronic illness, I learned that it doesn't matter what you're going through, you should be able to do, still try, so you can still be the best at what you do. But most people don't know how to do that. We work with CEOs, and we work with the HR department to help the staff, so then to better understand, to teach the staff, on how to overcome pain, whatever they're going through, my difficulties at their job. That's what we do with corporates. And we do with communities as well. And with governments, we focus on governments who are going through a hard time. We work with that government to see how we can help their people find joy. In today's world now, 2020, the pain that not just the world, but the, the UK is experiencing. Now there's a completely new paradigm that corporations, governments are operating in, the leader that you just defined, CEO, the way that they reach or communicate to their staff, the way that you know, things are handled completely different. They're physically dispersed. They're using technology in a, in a different way. Their workforce is operating from a, a base of, I'd say, fear, if not fear, their own fear, maybe fear for a loved one, etc. So something like this would seem very useful, very helpful how are people able to find out more about your services or how do you get to them? A word of mouth is a very powerful thing. I get a lot by word of mouth. People just say, oh, have you talked to Anne? Um, she has this incredible company and this company is doing this. I think you should reach out to her because her methods are just so simple and it works. Yeah, so that's how we do it. And it's just really word of mouth because most of the things are very personal issues. It has to be something you want to change as well. I take it with the current situation that you're reaching out uh, more online are the sessions changed are you still doing the talks the coaching through online channels or is sort of the face-to-face -face still there how, how have things changed for you in terms of delivery 
And delivery is harder because I, I love to go to my clients. I don't like distance. I feel differences are made when we're together. And when I can see you and I talk you through what we do, it's much harder to explain and tell you. I feel, I feel there's a barrier and I'm struggling with having communication by these methods. I'm used to just being in a plane, flying out to New York, flying out to a country in Africa to have this conversation. But obviously it can't be done. So I started to reach out and having these things online sessions. And those have been great. I must say they've been really, really great. But on the positive, maybe you're able to help more people because obviously they can contact you during times when you would have been commuting in hotels. So you can just sort of flick screen to the next client, to the next client. Yeah, in that, that sense, the turnover is much more because you're not spending time driving, parking the cars. I had an appointment today, my doctor. The doctor called me 30 minutes later. That was it. Do you understand everything I always talk to through and Yeah, absolutely, I'm good. It's just so different. Really enjoyable, actually. You have a style that very much reminds me of Anna Wintour. Effortless, but wow. I love your embrace of bold colours unusual cuts and patterns that look amazing. Um, and I love your big sunshine smile. What are your top tips for looking and feeling good? Because you're clearly doing the right things. First, you have to always have a smile because the way you feel inside reflects outside. Another thing I always say to people is you don't need too much in life. You need to take care of what you have. If it's your skin, take care of it better, cleanse it. And with my clothes, I love things that are classy and traditional, and yet it's a statement. So I love simple cuts, bold colours, and just things that are not too tight because we, we forget. Your body shape is here to stay. So rather than forcing your body to be what it's not, embrace it, work with it. So we're all sold on this thing that it has to be size 10. Even if it says size 12, it's fine. At least it fits you well. That's what is important. I'm at that age now where I did try uh, Spanx and, uh, <laughs> to get this nice silhouette in this dress. And I was taken out to a quite a fancy restaurant and I'm a girl that loves her food. And it was so <laughs> tight, I couldn't eat a thing. <laughs> it was the worst experience ever. <laughs> so right what you're saying, that's so right. And then finally, what, what advice would you give to anyone who's listening to this podcast perhaps and finds themselves in a dark place at the moment mentally or who's in pain and unsure how to deal with it, given that we're now living in very uncertain times. Everyone's looking at the coronavirus for its problems that it's bringing to us, but no one's thinking about the opportunities also brought to us as well. The opportunity that we finally spent some time with our families. I never used to spend time with my kids. I was always on the go. I remember one time I would pack my bag and I pack four suitcases. I land, they'll bring the other suitcase take the bag change, take the another suitcase, get on the next plane, come back again, meet me at the airport, change the suitcase again. I, I would just see my daughter briefly at the airport with kids. And I was just that goal mentality. You miss so much. Same thing with people who are ill, you know. No one used to take illness seriously. But now this has just shown people that people with invisible illness take us serious. We're really suffering. We're going through a bad place. And... If you're in a dark place, I'm saying, rather than look for all the negatives that will just make it worse, try, reflect, take a seat back and think about all the good things that has to come out of your life. All the good things that you are lucky, actually, 
that you are actually alive. Many people didn't make it. Many people, this was it. They didn't make it. And you made it. You're one of those who one day will live to tell the story about their journey in 2020. Stop looking and stop counting the negative side of things because that would just bring you down. And find the joys of things that, the positive things that you've learned. A lot of people have also learned the importance of more looking after our parents better rather than just dumping them in nursing homes. Now we could question, since the nursing home was highly affected, what happened there? Is that the right decision that we should just leave our parents there? Something I've always been telling people, family is very important. Good friends are very important. Cherish them. And I hope this is what people learn from it. I truly believe that there will come a time when the fear has subsided and the pain is reduced, where they will look back. And as you said, 2020, that was the year. That was the year. Yeah. Where can people find out more about your services? I've got painlessuniversal.com. Is there any other channels that you want to plug? I have my page, Lady Anne Welsh, and uh, my website, painlessuniversal.com. And we're always there to answer questions and help whoever needs us. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate your time. You've been listening to me, Vivian Braidwood. Ask me any lifestyle related question or let me know which topic you'd like me to cover during our essential coffee break. Tag me and use the hashtag Shades and Coffee with Vivian on Twitter or Instagram. If you like this podcast, hit subscribe and please rate us. Shades and Coffee. Look good, feel good. Mm-hmm.